What's up, guys, people? I'm your host, Jay Will. This is Inspire Guys People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. We got a great show today. I got a guest coming in, uh, Josh Luca. Um, Josh is uh, someone I actually just came across on Instagram, a, a businessman, a real estate investor, um, a Christian entrepreneur. I believe he has um, some really unique things to say as it relates to balancing faith and business and talking about business from a godly perspective. And that's what we try to do on this show. It's so important as we all out here chasing our dreams and super ambitious uh, to figure out what that really means as it relates to pleasing God. We're going to talk a little bit about real estate. You know what I'm saying? Today's show is actually called Realist Faith. Um, you know, what can I say? Y'all know I got bars. So uh, Realist Faith, that, that was off the top of the head too. So what else can I say? Look, it's been a great week. I was traveling last week. I'll be traveling again, traveling again, uh, coming up soon. Been a busy year. I'm excited to get into these interviews. Shout out to everybody that's been listening to the show, whether it be Apple Podcasts or YouTube or Facebook or however you rocking with us. We appreciate you. But enough about that. We about to talk to Josh. So y'all know what it is. Um, we come back from this. Uh, this ain't a commercial break. Y'all know I'm excited about the new intro. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, this is a reason to at least check out the video, YouTube, Facebook, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I put a lot of effort into editing this. I edited myself. So stop saying what you gonna do till you do what you said. When you opened that Bible, you knew what you read. You felt it deep in your soul. The promise did not expire. Be inspired. I can see beyond the tears you cry. And the pain you I saw every hill you had to climb just to make it here. When you say you ain't afraid to die, is it fake or fear? Yo, yo, guys, people, we are back with Josh Luca. What's up, Josh? How you feeling today, bro? What's up, brother? I'm doing good, man. I, I'm loving that video. That's a uh, that's hard. Thanks, thanks, man. Appreciate yeah. it. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we got. Let, let me give you the proper introduction. You know what I'm saying? Um, Josh Luca is what we got a Christ follower. Um, a real estate investor, Christian entrepreneur. And Josh, I was, you know, lurking on your Instagram page, man, at Josh Luca. And I saw that it said over one billion in mortgage funded. That's right. Yeah. That's pretty dope. We and we I, definitely got to talk about that. And under four years also. Oh. <laughs> uh, and under four. Okay, so we gonna we gonna have to we definitely gotta dig into that. Look, Josh, I appreciate yeah. you jumping in. Uh, what I'm excited to talk to you about is, like I was telling you off off air, man, this yeah. show is all about balancing faith and business. And I feel like we live in a world where there's like this, definitely this urge and this desire for success, like we see it everywhere. Um, yeah. I tend to value people like yourself who seem to have a godly outlook on that. So can you just talk, like, let's jump in right there, just like yeah. how you view the world today and like how do you balance faith and business and success and those type of things? Yeah. Great question, man. And, um, so I grew up in a Christian family. Uh, so I always knew about God, but I didn't always know God. And, um, I was chasing money, pretty much chasing money my entire life. Um, and I, I was making money, you know, so I had a, I had a job, I was selling timeshare, um, and that was, that was probably like my, 
mid twenties, uh, early to mid twenties, I bounced back, you know, from doing real estate to selling timeshare. And, uh, I was in a position where I was making good money. I was making six figures a year, but because of the, uh, the requirements in timeshare of how to sell some of the sales tactics, I just felt like I couldn't have a relationship with God and sell timeshare at the same time. So I had, I was forced to make a decision. Um, and, do I continue pursuing my dream of making money or do I surrender, you know, this part of my life, this desire to God? Um, I decided to, to get out of the timeshare industry. I prayed. God led me to the mortgage industry. And um, within a couple of years, I made my annual salary in a month in Ooh. the mortgage industry. Um, so, six figures in a month because you said you was making six figures. So we're talking about six figures in one month. Yeah, man. It was crazy. I, I went from I had a I had a, a little dream board, a, a vision board, and on that vision board was a hundred K in a year. And never in my wildest dreams did I ever imagine God would get you know allow me the opportunity to make that in, in a single month. Um but it, it was it was a true testament to just his provision you know what i mean it was 100 percent his provision his hand was all over it are you are you one of those people because you talk about the vision board yeah are you one of those people that that find value in that like do you feel like the fact that you actually put that on the board that you want to make you know six figures in a year um did that somehow impact like like do you do you think that's worth doing for people out there um and, and what, what are your thoughts on vision boards in, in particular yeah, good question. Um, I don't I honestly don't think that that's the reason that I got to that point because I wrote it down on a vision board. I feel like it, it adds to the story because it's cool that I wrote that down and, you know, it ended up, you know, God, you know, blew that up. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I think it's important to know what your goals are, to know what like the direction that you want to head in. Um, I think it's important to be very, very specific with your goal um, down to the, you know, down to the molecular level. Um, I think the more you can visualize it, the more that you can, um, kind of like reverse engineer it, the, the better chance that you are of getting there. But I don't, you know, whether it's on a board or in a notebook, I don't think it, uh, it really makes too much of a difference. Okay. Yeah. So basically like the value though is like, I like that the value isn't seeing it first. So there is value, like whether you writing it down, whether you, you know, yeah. whatever you do, however you do it, yeah. You want to see it first. So I got this thing I'm always telling people. And a yeah. shout out to everybody in the comments, first of all. Michelle, I see you. What's up? Looking for some real estate tips. What's up, Pops? What up? What up? We out here. Johnny Way, how you doing, man? Um, thank you all for tuning in. Um, we with Josh uh, Luca right now um, talking about uh, really just balancing faith and business, but in particular, um, a little bit about real estate and reaching goals. And so... Josh, what I was going to say is like, I have this thing where I tell people, think of the person you want to be in five years. Yep. Like really sit and think about that. Envision it. Like mm -hmm. how you dress, how you talk, like everything. And mm -hmm. then spend the next five years trying to do that. Mm -hmm. Like trying to become that person. So I like the idea, um, what you said about like envisioning first. Um, there was something, yeah. I think you posted this on Facebook like yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, this was so cold to me. You you uh, referenced this something that came from church, inspired by the word at church. Mm. You talked about belief versus faith. Yeah. Can you kick it with us a little bit about belief, belief versus faith and what that means to you? 
Yeah. Um, so belief versus faith. Um, I think belief is a, is a, when it comes to believing something, I think I can believe something in my mind and not believe it in my heart. I think the biggest difference between belief and faith is a, a belief is a mental acceptance and faith is when it moves from your head to your heart. Um, you know, so I can believe I can believe that God exists just like in that post. I said, I can believe that an airplane exists and can fly, but faith is actually putting trust in that mechanism. So it's the same with God. I can believe in God, but until I'm in the plane, until I'm in Christ, you know, I'm putting action to that, to that belief. That's when it becomes faith. All right. Okay. I'll go ahead. Sorry. I mean to cut you off. No, I just said faith is stepping out. Faith is stepping up. All right. So let's let's bring that back to we talked about this idea of like you had this, you know, you had dreamed and had on your vision board to make a hundred thousand dollars in a year. Yeah. You find yourself in a situation where you made a hundred thousand dollars in a month. Yeah. Can you talk to us about like where when you got into real estate, where was that applied? That belief versus faith? Because it's like to me, you have to believe it to put it on a, on a vision board. That's like, okay, I believe that I can do this or whatever it may be. But yeah. faith is like the work that you like, the actionable steps you put in to actually yeah. get there. So can you just break it down to people like talk a little bit about how does somebody go from having that on their vision board, mm -hmm. saying in a year and then like making that in a month. And I'm just really trying to make it practical for people out yeah. there that's listening. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing when it came to belief was if this person, if I, I saw other people doing it and I'm like, if this person can do it and that person can do it, why can't I do it? You know, like, so that's where the belief part came in. Okay. It's possible for me to actually do this. And then comes the faith part. And the faith part is not just one step. In my opinion, the faith part is a continual action because I had faith, but I tried a lot of different ways to get there and failed for about 10 years. You know what I mean? And tried this, didn't work. Tried that, didn't work. Tried that, okay. didn't work. So the faith comes in where it's like, okay, even though I tried and I failed and I tried and I failed, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to continue moving forward. I'm going to continue having faith and taking action because I believe that I can accomplish this. So what do you think the value in the failure is? Cause you, oh. you just said like you failed a, a bunch of times. And I think a lot of people, like if we just being real, like yeah. people struggle because like when you're in the failure, it's different. Let's be real. It's different once you find success and you're talking about like the failures you've gone through. But like, mm -hmm. can you talk to me from the perspective of like the Josh that was in the failure? What oh. was that like when you were actually mm -hmm. experiencing it? And how yeah. did you overcome that? Man, it's not too hard to think back on it because I'm in a I'm in a similar situation right now um, to where I'm starting over and I'm, I'm you know putting myself in a new place and it's it's scary you know it's 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 scary it's there's a like it's really easy to to let fear overtake you but um, I think the, the there's so much value in failure um, and and failure is so underrated and uh, like you know under talked about. Um, but I had, when, when I stepped into the mortgage industry about four or five years ago, I had the same opportunity that some recent college graduates had. We, we, we started off in the same position, but 
I excelled because I had 10 years of failure behind my back. Um, and they didn't have any failure yet. You know, they were fresh. So all every single time I tried something, I failed. I grew. I grew. I got experience and I grew and I learned. Um, and that gave me the edge that I needed. You know, God used all of that failure. And when I was in a position, you know, when I had that opportunity, all of that experience, everything that I, you know, all the ways that I grew, everything that I learned um, was a resource, um, was an asset for me. Um, as I stepped into that, you know, that new playing ground and um, in the mortgage industry and, and it allowed me to excel where others couldn't. Um, but in the moment, it wasn't fun. It, it was scary. Um, it was like there was a lot of times where I, I felt like, man, is this ever going to happen? You know, what I mean, like, is this ever going to come come to pass? Like it wasn't always like, you know, my mind is there. I'm, I'm set. I'm, I'm confident in where I'm going and I have the direction and I have the focus and the confidence. It was it was a lot of like man, this is scary. Like, am, am I, you know, did I, am I just wasting my time here? Like, what, what am I doing? You know? A lot yeah. Of <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've had a lot of those moments myself, man. And hopefully people can understand like faith is really part of the journey. Yeah. And I think sometimes that, I mean, fear is part of the journey. Faith is yeah. as well, but yeah. like failure, I meant, but when your fear will stop you from, you know, even wanting to engage failure. So it's like, yeah. you know, you talked about like, I know that you're kind of, it seems like you're on a new journey with like sharing these experiences. I don't know how long you've been sharing, but when I was looking up, um, it seems like that's fairly new for you and, and like yep. kind of opening up, you know, like, can you talk about that? Like, are you, do you have any fear about that right now? Like you kind of, you starting mm -hmm. to share these experiences. I'm sure it is like you giving, it's like, how much do I tell? How much do I kind of mm -hmm. keep like, just talk a little bit about that journey of like starting to share your journey and like what actually urged or pushed you to do that. Man, I'm so glad that you asked that. Um, I was, um, I had it, I had it, had it in my mind and I had a desire to do something like this for a few years. Um, and I was just really scared. You know what I mean? I was nervous. Um, I was nervous about people's reactions um, I was nervous about, you know, there's, there's always that voice in my head that said, who are you? Like, who are you? Who do you think you are? You know, why, like, why do you think you're quali qualified enough to, to talk about this or who's going to listen to you? You know? And, and honestly, um, I still have some of those thoughts, you know, I had, I posted my first video and, uh, had a, a lot of really good feedback. Um, I had a, a lot of good feedback from my, from my, my followers, from my friends and my family. Um, and then I posted the second video and it was like, it was almost like, oh, it's this guy again. You know what I mean? And then I posted <laughs> the third video and I was like, oh, it's this guy. So it's like, and it's like less and less reaction. So, but, you know, so it's, it's hard being vulnerable. It's hard putting yourself out there. Um, but ultimately the reason that the thing that's keeping me going, it's going to keep me going is I believe that, um, I believe that God called me to do this. I believe that God called me to, to share, to encourage. I think there's so many secular influences out there. Um, and the world, you know, our culture and our world is is um, saturated with secular influence. And I think there needs to be more guys like yourself and like me um, who are sharing, who are encouraging, who are inspiring, um, you know, from a biblical place and from a, from a Christian um, place, you know, so that's what's uh that's what's helping me push through this uh this awkward beginning stage you know that that's funny man you kind of like i i wanted to ask you 
like how you viewed the world today, but you kind of said it like in the world today, you have all this secular influence. And I think th those that's a great way to put it. Secular yeah. influence, because yeah. it's the influence part that's super important. And it's like as believers, in my opinion, I'm always looking for things that I connect to. Like earlier, we talked about the vision board or envisioning yeah. your success before you get there. Yeah. And one thing that I believe in is like surrounding myself in an environment, whether that's like what I'm watching, what I'm listening to, who I'm who I'm talking to. Like, I love to immerse myself into the environment of what I want to become. Like yeah. at every level I've gone to, like even now, it's like it never stops. Like there's a level that I'm there's a next like part of growth that I'm trying to get to um, in every aspect of my life. And so I'm surrounding myself. That's, that's what gravitated me to you. It was like, yeah. okay, this, like he on what I'm on. Like, I want to talk to him, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, like when I view the world today, I think as believers, we are starting to like listen to the influence of the world. And that that's where I agree. Like we need more people like yourself um, yeah. who are sharing these stories from a godly perspective. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, Josh, what, like to go back a little bit, mm -hmm. why real estate for you? Like real estate is one of those things that yeah. a lot of people kind of throw out there in a cliche fashion. Um, yeah. like, yeah, jump into real estate. And, yeah. um, you know, I've, I've, um, invested in real estate myself as well. Yeah. Um, I'm curious for you, you know, what led you specifically to real estate? And like, I know you had that early success, um, a couple years in. But yeah. like, was it a, you know, what was your like um, obstacles as you engage in real estate? Because what I find in real estate is like, mm -hmm. there's a lot of learning that needs to take place in real estate. I've definitely had some failures in real estate. So I'm just curious what yeah. led you there and what that process was like, um, you know, when you first got into it. Yeah. So um, I, st I got my real estate, uh, uh, real estate agent license uh, in my early 20s and you know, I, I liked sales. I liked the idea of not having a ceiling, you know, as, a, you know, make, as an employee, as making a salary, you're always kind of capped at how much you can make. So I like the idea of, you know, I can, my effort is rewarded by my paycheck or my paycheck is reflected by my effort. Um, so that's what attracted me to, to real estate. And the second thing was, you know, real estate's like the biggest commission you can earn because it's probably the biggest thing that you're going to sell. So if I'm going to do sales, I'm going to go, I want to, you know, I want to pursue the, the biggest thing I can sell and the biggest commission check that I can make. And um, so I, I didn't really, I didn't do well as a real estate agent. I, I excelled as a, when I got into the mortgage industry, that's when I really got, you know, really did well. But um, all along the way I was, I, I, I read a lot, you know, so I, I, from the, from the first mentor that I had at, in my early twenties, he got me on reading and I, and I just started reading and I, I realized that uh, most people, uh, the majority of the wealthiest people in America made their money by investing in real estate, not by being real estate agents, but by investing in real estate. So when I, you know, I was just waiting for my opportunity. And when I had my opportunity, I started to invest in real estate and um, I specifically got into to Airbnb short-term rental. So um, I started investing into and, and turning my my properties into Airbnb rentals and looking for specific areas that that did that well. So, um, you know, I maximized my cash flow that way versus versus short term rental. But some of the obstacles, um, I would say, you know, um, some of the obstacles in, in starting 
is that what you're asking kind of like starting the, the my yeah, it's just like yeah you're learning so it sounds like for yeah. instance like you talk about going from being an agent to yeah. getting in mortgage banking to investing yeah. just in general like because i'll give an example to ask the question yeah when i when i first you know you go with real estate it typically it sounds so good yeah and i believe it is good but i think people have to try to make that connection between like anything can sound good but it's yeah. like, what level of effort and work are you willing to put into it? Reading and studying and everything, right? Yeah. So back in 2017, I was, I had just sold a property, yeah. made some money. And I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to like invest, right? And uh, from, and even though selling the property was a form of investing, this was like more so like getting into condos and things like that. So I went yeah. to, um, there is a suburb in, in, in the Detroit area. Mm -hmm. um that's pretty nice right outside the city i'm like yeah. okay found this found this condo everything's going good i still have all the paperwork we yeah. got to the closing josh yeah i'm thinking i'm good i got the money like everything is good yeah we get to the closing and because this building was there was something with like there was basically too many renters versus owners in the building. So they ended up at the closing table. Yeah. One, like four or 5,000. I don't know the number. Don't let me lie, but yeah. they wanted a few more thousand dollars. And basically I was already going kind of all in with that property at, at the top of my budget. Yeah. And so I had to like, I had to eat up the, I had to eat up the closing costs. Um, yeah. the, um, not the closing costs, but the inspect inspection and all of those variable costs. And yeah. I made this decision to still pay my real estate agent a commission. Mm. And we walked away and obviously it wasn't the full commission that she would have gotten, you know, had we sold the property, but right. We, she had done so much work. I just didn't feel right walking away from that. So I, I pay her. Mm. That was a loss. Inspection was a loss. We don't get the property right now. I was looking, this is what, five years later, that property, um, has tripled in value. Mm. So again, for me, that was a gut wrenching, wrenching learning experience of like, all right, dang, like I'm thinking yeah. you at the closing table and thinking you got a property, yeah. not getting it, losing the money. But then since then, like with that real estate agent, we've done a couple more deals and that yeah. like, so like for me, it's like all part of the process. So yeah. that's the, like, I'm asking, uh, I guess I, I gave an example to ask the question for you. Like, do you have any examples like that of like, yeah. where you got involved in, in something in it and the deal fell through or you just had a learning experience to help you later yeah so um not personally when it came to me buying real estate um <clears throat> you know first of all i want to commend you because that's that's as believers like that's leading with you know leading with faith right you paid her that commission even though you guys didn't close on, on the property, like that's, I feel like that's something that Jesus would do, you know what I mean? And showing love sure. in that way. So, and, and as, as you said, it paid off, right? Cause that, that solidified your relationship with the agent and you guys did more deals together. So um, that's awesome, man. I love that Thank you did that. I love that you did that. So um, I think uh, when I got into purchasing the first property I purchased, it was, it was, uh, it was kind of crazy. The property was already in escrow. And um, I went and saw the property. The agent said, hey, you know, there's already an offer on this, but if you want, you can go into second position. So I just remember being at the house and praying and asking God, I said, God, if you want me to have this property, make it clear, let me know. A few days later, I get a call from the agent and I, 
she said, hey, the, that, that offer is off the table. They backed out. Are you still interested? I was wow. like, yeah, yeah, I am. So <laughs> let's do it. Um, and honestly, every single opportunity that I've gotten since then had, had has kind of been like that. Um, it's been like I, I'm praying like, hey, God, I have some money saved up. Um, I want to, you know, I want to buy another property, you know, lead the way, you know what I mean? Open a door. And it's, it's just kind of been, it's kind of been that trend where the opportunity comes up. Um, I remember one guy wanted to sell one of his properties. It was close to the, that property that I bought. I, I have a few properties in Tennessee, um, in Knoxville. So he, he told me he wants to sell his property. This is when the market was good. Rates were like two and a half, three percent. Um, I said, Hey, you know what? I'll give you 20 grand above, you know, appraised value because that's, you know, it was hard to find good properties back then. Um, he said, cool, I'll sell you the house. Let me just find a replacement. So I waited a few months, hit the guy up. He's like, Oh, I still haven't found anything yet. I'll let you know. Waited a few more months. He still didn't hit me up. So I'm like, okay, this, he probably decided to keep it. Um, few more months go by and he's like, Hey, I haven't found another property, but I'm ready to sell. Are you, you know, are you still interested? I said, look, I still want the house, but I, unfortunately I'm not going to be able to, to pay you $20,000 above just because the rates doubled since we last spoke. Right. He said, you know what? Give me, give me X amount for it and we'll call it a deal. I made the offer. He accepted it. The appraised value came in a little bit higher than that. And it was like smooth. You know what I mean? Wow. Um, and, and, and every time, like every time I had, I, I bought a property, it's kind of been like that. Now, once I have the property, it's a different, it's a different <laughs> story. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that, that goes wrong with having property. And this is stuff that I, you know, you probably know how it is. You don't know it until you're actually a, you know, a property owner, like, you know, just old houses they need repairs you know what i mean it Man. Costs but uh, i'm happy you said that though because like this is something that i believe in and part of the reason we're gonna we're gonna get off real estate in a second but i know like yeah. there's a lot of value in and like your experience here and I, I know like again real estate is something that a lot of people are gravitating to and rightfully so yeah um but i think you you touched on something super important to me and that's the fact that People tend to think that when you obtain success or let's say like you praying for something, right? Like yeah. people pray for a job and it's funny to me, right? We pray for jobs, get them and then like hate our jobs or quit them or whatever it is. But it, and like, yeah. it seemed like we forget like, well, this is what you pray for. Yeah. But sometimes I think we're praying for perfection. Yeah. And it's like, that's not what God is, is, is providing us. He's providing us experience in life and yep learnings and so you talked you touched on something super important yeah. and that's the fact that like once i have the property yeah things go wrong like even though you're successful even yeah. though you might make money and, and i like people forget that you still need god and you're still gonna have ups and downs in this life and i just i don't know yeah. i'm happy you said that because i think that's one of the things that's getting lost today you know like yeah. everybody's talking about success like it's this destination that you just get to and chill and have no purpose in life and yeah. it's like no nah, man so much more to it and god is still even in your success god is still working you know working through you and so i'm, I'm glad you touched on that absolutely man it's uh it's you know it's a process and god's like you know i love i love john bevere he's an author have you heard of john bevere i haven't i have not Oh man. So he, he writes this book called God, where are you? And he talks about the season of the wilderness and, you know, we find ourselves in se wilderness seasons from time to time. Um, but 
and what he, what he talks about is like, he talks about the refining process, you know, so gold or precious metal, it doesn't, you can't refine an 18 character, you know, gold ring unless you put it in extremely hot fire and it melts. And once it melts, all the imperfections, all the other materials and chemicals come to the surface so you can take them off, you know, and I think you're absolutely right. And I'm experiencing that in this season of my life as well. It's where like, we're expecting God to just make it a smooth, easy process. Yeah. <laughs> and he never promised that, you know what I mean? He said, when you go through trials, consider it pure joy, you know, when, when, not if, you know, so we are going to, we should expect for life to be difficult. And I was telling one of my, one of my buddies this last week, I said, I think the, uh, I think the reason why it's harder than it should be is because uh, got the lights just went off. There you go. Uh, I think it's I think it's harder than it should be because we have this unrealistic expectation from life that life is supposed to be easy. So when we have that expectation from life to be easy and it, it's hard, there's there's incongruency in our in our mind and our heart. Like it, it shouldn't be like this. You know what I mean? Yes. But if we expect life to be challenging and hard we're mentally preparing ourselves for that difficulty. And it's like, okay, I knew life was going to be hard. It's hard. You know, let's get to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I like to, you know, unrealistic expectations. That's something um, I talk about a lot with my friends. Like, and it makes me think of like, if you're somewhere and it's a hurricane warning, yeah. but you prepare, like it's just sprinkling outside. It's like, hey, bro, like it's literally a hurricane warning. If you walk outside and think that a raincoat and an umbrella is going to be enough to protect your home from yeah. a hurricane, those unrealistic expectations can get you hurt. And I yeah. think that's what happens a lot of times, like you said, with people is that they are expecting something that's not realistic. And then yeah. when it when reality happens, they're like looking around like, God, what's up? Like, why? Yeah. Why me? It's like, yeah. no, why everybody? You know what I mean? Like we all, yeah. we all going through that. So that made me think about one of the first videos I saw from you that you did on Instagram. Yeah. Um, you talked about Joseph. Yeah. And look, that's my like absolute favorite, you know, story in the Bible. You talk, you talked about character versus comfort. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't know if you can, you know, off the top of your head, not to put you on the spot, but like, if you could just share a little bit, like, yeah. Of what that means to you in, in that story of Joseph, um, you know, share with people that character versus comfort that just really connected with me. Yeah. And I think it's some value in that. And I think there's a hundred things we could say about the story of Joseph. So um, this is just one more for me. Yeah. Um, that's I mean, that that specific line, that that quote was something that one of my youth pastors from like when I was like 19 or 20 told me, he said, God is more concerned with your 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 salvation than he is with your comfort. He would rather you be uncomfortable while you're here on earth, but get you to heaven. You know what I mean? So unfortunately for humans, we 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 don't seek God when things are good. It's when we get to a place of rock bottom that we're like looking for, you know, that lifeline. So um I think God in his infinite wisdom is more concerned with a, our salvation and B, our character, because our character isn't only developed for our time here on earth. Like God is going to use us in the, in eternity. Right. So there's going to be like there's, there's going to be more more responsibility. Like 
like the story of the talents, right? The guy who had five talents here on earth, God is going to multiply that and give him 10 talents. And that's more responsibility that he's getting, you know, in heaven. So um, for me, it was, it was like, and, and, and I can, I, it's, it's like so easy to forget it when you're in a good time and it's, you know, times come like, all right, now it's a tough time, right? Like the real estate market, I don't know if you've seen the rates, the yeah. real estate market is crazy. And it's yeah. so easy to be like, you know, God, where are you in this season? But, you know, God gave Joseph a dream. And if, if God fulfilled that dream for Joseph in that moment, Joseph was, was spoiled. He was insensitive. He was kind of a jerk, right? He's throwing it in his brother's faces. Like, Hey, you guys are going to bow down to me one day, you know? <laughs> so like, <laughs> God, God allowed him, he was sold into slavery, you know, he, he got sold to Potiphar and then he served Potiphar well, and then he got wrongfully accused and he went to prison for so long. And all this time he's, he's remaining faithful to God and God eventually fulfills that dream and puts him in second in command of Egypt. And Egypt at the time was, the, was the world power, like with the most powerful nation in the world at the time. So, so Joseph is second in command of the entire world, you know, but you know, so God's God did, did fulfill his promise, but he I don't think Joseph would have been ready for that if he didn't go through everything that he went through. You know, he saw he was humbled and he saw the value in um in, in trusting God and and you know not being a jerk like he was before going yeah. through miles. And and that's big what you're saying right there. So like for a lot of us, we want to hurry up and get, you know, to to whatever we're praying for. Yeah, and whatever we hoping for. We want it like tomorrow like give me that right now yeah but the crazy thing about it is you just said is like everything that you go through humbles you it prepares you yeah you know you get more wisdom along the way and so a lot of times we are mad at god or losing faith because something is taking a long time yeah. but really what's happening is it's like no like there's some lessons so you skipping it's like skipping school some yeah. of us skipping school and skipping the lessons that god wants us to get because it didn't happen in the timing that we thought, look, I've prayed for things. I'm praying for things right now yeah. that have taken 15 years and haven't happened yet. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you. The one thing that keeps me in faith is the Bible because yeah. of what you just said about Joseph. Right. There's like a, a at least a, a 15 a 20 year gap between the yeah. dream and the manifestation. Yeah. Um, David was anointed. You know, yep. at 15 years old, didn't become the king until after 30. Yep. Uh, Moses never even saw the promised land. Like, right. there are so many instances in the Bible where people had to go through a process. And I don't know how we missed that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really yep. don't know how we missed that. But I that's know. what keeps me going um, even now. So I'm, I'm happy you shared that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. No, I was I was just saying that um, like every time it's, it's like almost in every situation where, where someone was, was blessed or someone God gave someone a, a huge responsibility, like all the people that you mentioned, there's always a season of the wilderness that they went through. Right. So for, for, for Moses, it was 40 years in the wilderness before, you know, he got to Egypt, you know, and then, like you said, he didn't even enter the promised land. Uh, Abraham was, it was promised a child and went, he was almost a hundred years old before he got that child. You know what I mean? And then when he got the child, God's like, I want you to sacrifice him, <laughs> you know? And it's like, Take every, him on the mountain. exactly. Every single time. Um, 
someone does something great, it's always after a season of, and, and, and like, like Israel went through the same thing, right. When they were delivered from, from, from Egypt. Right. So they went, they were in the, Oh, here's what I was going to say. Like you were talking about, like, we're trying to skip levels. And, and that part was that, that part hit me. Cause it's like, I always tell one of my boys, like, God's not going to let you go on to the next level until you learn this one. You know, like you don't just skip levels. Like, you know, God's not going to like eat, like Israel didn't learn the lesson. They wanted, they were supposed to be in the wilderness for a year, but because they didn't learn the lesson, they kept wandering for 40 years and, you know, they still didn't enter the promised land. That whole generation died and it was their, their children that ended up entering the promised land. We don't, we don't talk about that, man. Like, yeah. Like they and they were complainers. Like if we just being real, like that was yeah. a complaining generation. And so yeah, that's again one of the other things that inspire me of like, yo, you might as well keep going and keep having faith and learning what you learn because yeah. you just delay you either delaying it or denying it. So like mm -hmm. by not going through the level, you're either making it take longer, right? Or yeah. like the children of Israel, it's like guys like, all right, you ain't even gonna see it. Like you don't yeah. even get to go to the next level. And I, it's like, for me, man, I'm like, I don't want to be like that. I look at Ruth yeah. and how she stayed with Naomi. And you talked about mentors. And like, yeah. I, I think, again, that that influence, we need that godly influence in our lives. And to be yeah. able to talk about these things, not from like a dogmatic perspective or like not from a perspective of like shunning success. Right. That's why I like people like you, because it's like, yeah. you know, you can deal with the nuance and the layers of mm -hmm. having success, but wanting, like, how do I make sure I'm pleasing God? Can actually, can you talk about a little bit, Josh? Yeah. And I don't like, I don't know your complete background. Right. Yeah. So I don't know really where you come from and how different that is, like where you are. And what I mean is like, yeah. I don't know if where your level of success is, is like, Oh, all my parents was this level of success. It's like, if you know people that's a doctor and a whole family, a doctor It's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, it's nothing if the whole family a doctor, but if you're yeah. the only doctor in your family, that's a big deal. Right. But can you talk a little bit about like for your journey, like did you, was, was success comfortable for you or were there any challenges in success and like how to be successful? Because I've learned in life, like some, nobody really teaches you what to do when you get there. <laughs> man that's such you're asking some great questions bro <laughs> um, honestly um because for me growing up first of all my parents weren't successful um they moved they immigrated to this country um and we were doing okay we were getting by but we were barely getting by so um and i wasn't mentored on success i didn't i didn't know i wasn't taught anything about credit i wasn't taught anything about investing i wasn't taught anything about anything like I wasn't even giving any direction like here's what you should do you know um so for me and especially the type of Christianity that I grew up in it was it was like very so my parents are from Egypt so Egypt being a, a Muslim country the culture itself is influenced by Islam so even the Christians that come from Egypt there's still this Islam uh Islamic undertone to it and what I mean by that is it's just very very legalistic you know, so I grew up thinking that God didn't want me to be successful. In order to be a Christian, you had to be humble and poor. And God wanted you to be a missionary or a pastor. And because that's those are the only Christians that I saw were poor Christians. I had never I had never met a rich Christian or a wealthy or successful Christian before. 
yeah, so it was really hard for me to even get past that idea that I can be successful because you always hear like money is the root of all evil, right? So we shouldn't want money, right? Like yep. that, like that's that's how I interpreted it as growing up. It's like you shouldn't want money. But like now, like from this perspective, I'm like, man, how much this is the interest, this is an interesting part. God didn't bless me until he knew that he could trust me with money. Ooh. If God blessed me, if God blessed me before, I probably would have destroyed myself before I fully surrendered my life to him. Cause I was I wasn't I mean, I was in this cycle. I talked about it in one of the videos in the cycle of like, I would party, I would hit rock bottom. I would go back to God. God would fix me. I would go back to doing this. It was over and over again. And so if I was still living in that cycle and God had blessed me to the extent that he did, I would have spent it on partying, on girls, on drugs. I would have destroyed myself completely. So it wasn't until after I fully surrendered my life to God that he knew he could trust me with those finances. That's when he blessed me with it. Cause he's a good, he's a good father. You know what I mean? He, he wants us to have good things, but not at the expense of our soul. Right. And yeah. I think that goes back to comfort versus character. Right. Yeah. Look, Josh, I mean, you said, you said a couple of great things right there, man. Like number one, like that, that whole point about poor Christians, like, mm -hmm. and it's funny, this is what I love. Like, um, you know, I'm, I'm going in a whole different direction here. So excuse yeah. me, but like, this is what I love about, you know, I have this term that I use on this show and been using the last couple of years being united by faith. Yeah. And I'm just taking this as an opportunity just to say like the reason that I'm so passionate about yeah. being united by faith is cause, and you don't have to comment on this. Um, this is just me going left field for a second. So, yeah. um, I feel like the world wants us divided so much on these like superficial things. Like the, the enemy wants to use race to divide us, wants to use politics to divide us. Yeah. And so many people are buying into it. And what ends up happening is like, we all come from these different communities around the world. And like, we think our experiences are the only experiences in the world. Right. And the reason I love the faith, the Christian faith, and when you talk about what Jesus did in the New Testament under the New Covenant, it yeah. was like bringing all people from all nations, even like, you know, Jesus even said like to go the the Great Commission to go and make, um, you know, more disciples amongst all nations. And, yeah. and so this idea, when I hear you talk about your experience, like with, you know, parents um, being immigrants from Egypt and, and your experience with what I would look at as a version of maybe a, a poverty in a sense, you know, like me being from the inner city of Detroit. Yeah. I just, I just, I'm sorry, I'm going left, but I just wanted to take a moment just for people to hear, man. Like, yeah, that's why we can't be so limited on our thinking. And we have to hear these different perspectives because even yeah. though I'm from the inner city of Detroit, like, and this happens sometimes like in, in America, like we just think like we the only ones like, it's like, no, man, it's like a whole different, yeah. perspective and, and there's other people from other nations and we could come from all these nations and be believers and be united and hear each other's stories and learn from each other and appreciate man and so again you don't have to comment on that but i just wanted to yeah. say like i appreciate you sharing that because what you what you just shared i never heard that before i don't know nobody else who parents are immigrants from egypt and gave that perspective but it was that important so 
this idea of never seeing Christianity through the lens of success, that, that was just, that was an amazing point. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I do want to just say one thing when it comes to like this, the the culture stuff. And I think it's something that I, I learned in the journey of like, of like considering who to marry. Right. Cause from our culture, it was like, our, you know, our parents want us to marry someone from the same culture. I think it's similar for, for a lot of like different ethnicities, but I learned this later on, like, and I'm, and I'm still, and I'm not married or, or anything like that, but my perspective okay. shifted where it's like my culture as a believer is God's culture. Like I'm no longer, I'm no longer under the umbrella or the limitations or the exclusivity of the Egyptian or the Arabic culture. Like, like once I surrender my life to Christ, my 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 everything, my culture, my language, my you know, I'm a Christian. I'm under that culture. So that takes precedent and takes priority over the cultural um, importances, right? Like, like, and that's what Jesus came to do, right? When Jesus came, like came as a man, he came. He broke the Jewish traditions, right? And he showed how the Jewish traditions were limiting people and God didn't want to limit people. So I think it's the same. Like now I think what would help like this, this culture, this, you know, this race stuff and all, all these, as, as if we, if, if all believers united, like you said, un, in faith and understood, like before I'm Egyptian, before you're white, before you're black, before you're Asian, you're a Christian that takes precedent over anything else and we need to be with that couldn't agree more man i did a um jen said god's culture i appreciate everybody that's commenting i see y'all much love um i did a a episode um with um kim cash tate um she wrote a book Mm -hmm. um some years ago um called um i think the book was called more christian than african-american the episode is entitled more christian than black but like we did that episode in the in the height of like I think it was 2020, 2021. So you can imagine what was going on in the world. Yeah. And I couldn't agree with you more, man. Like that we need to like we we talk about God being our father. Yeah. It's like, well, what does that mean? Like me and my brother got the same father. We family. Like what like we, yeah. we say we believers, but then we we don't treat each other like family. We like we're we're segregated in our faith. And yeah, I'm just a person that believes like at the same time there is nuance to life. Like, so this is a big thing with me, Josh is like, I accept the nuance of life. Like you just talked about, Hey, the reality is your parents, your family might want you to marry within culture. The reality is even if you decide to marry outside of your culture, there may be some things that you have to work through to be comfortable with that. Yep. It doesn't just mean that like we turn a, a switch and life is just perfectly fine. It means right. that we're willing to work through the details together yeah. to get to where God wants us. So, yeah, I think that's a dope, uh, a, a really dope perspective. Thank All you. right. So, so I want to um, there's this quote, man, this quote yeah. you gave. This is this is your quote. The person who loves to walk will walk a lot further than the person who loves the des- destination. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's you or not, but um, I got it off your Facebook page. No, I, I stole that from someone. I don't know who that. I don't know who it is. Um, but I stole it. Can you talk about what it means to you though? Like, I'm a I'm a person that loves quotes. I literally love quotes. I make up my mm-hmm. own quotes all the time. Um, yeah. But what does that mean to you? The person who loves to walk will walk a lot further than the person who loves the destination. 
Yeah. So I think the person who loves the destination is always looking forward to, to getting to that destination. So they're not, A, they're not enjoying the process and B, if the process takes longer than, you know, than they're expecting, you know, then they're, they're not, it's, it's so for, in my life, it was, it was all about, if I can go back 10, 15 years, I would tell myself like, Hey, you're going to get there. Just enjoy the process, you know, cause it took me 10 to 12 years to get there. I'm not saying I've arrived by any means, but like to get to a, a place of stability, me being stressed out and anxious about it did not, did not make the process any shorter. Like it didn't save me any time being stressed out and anxious all yeah. the time, but it made it, 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 it like I lost out on, on enjoying those years. Like I could have went through that process with, with, with a lot more peace and, you know, not as not being so uptight the whole time. But um, yeah. So I think the person who loves to walk is the person who accepts that the, like it's a process and it's a journey um, and you're only going to be in this day, in this place, in this season, once in your life with these people, you know, you don't know how long this is going to last. Um, so enjoy it. Um, and the destination is inevitable. You know, like if you work, if you, if you work at something long enough, and if you walk in a direction long enough, it's inevitable for you to reach the other side or the destination. You know, so long winded. <laughs> no, no, that's good stuff, man. Um, what would you say, Josh, to like that Christian out here, right? We talked about the success you've had in real estate, um, yeah. and, and reaching some of your goals, and even the fact that you're still on a process today. Yeah. Um, what would you say to a person out there that says step one? Like, I'm always trying to figure out like how do I take these experiences that I have. Yeah. And like wrap them up and package them so that that person that's at that first step can't actually grab a hold of it and have something practical. So what are like what are some steps you would give a person that's like, all right, I hear you, Josh. Yeah. But I'm at my vision board today. I'm literally making my vision board today. What are some of the first things I should do to go out and make those those visions a reality? All right. So a few things. Right. <clears throat> so first thing is. Seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added to you because if you, what does it gain a man to gain the whole world, but lose his soul? So seek God with all your heart, make him the delight of your heart, like delight in him. You know, that's literally step one. If you go out and try to do step two, three, and four, before you do step that step, it's, you're, you're going to go against the current. And like I did for a long time. You know, so if if you're a child of God, God is not going to allow you to experience success without him. So don't even try. If you're not a child of God, even if you do experience success, it's not going to be satisfying. It's not going to satisfy your soul. You're still going to want more and you're still going to wonder why am I not happy? So step one, seek God, seek first the kingdom of heaven and everything shall be added to you. Step two get a mentor, get a mentor, get a coach. Uh, I was watching a documentary on the Lakers and they had Kobe, Shaq, Fisher, uh, Fox, Ori, and they couldn't win a championship until they got Phil Jackson as the coach. And Phil Jackson had coached MJ and, and the Bulls 
to six titles. So he already knew how to get to the destination that they wanted to go. You know, you got with all the talent and drive and motivation that the Lakers had, they still couldn't win a title until they got Phil. So having a coach is like, please don't try to do it without a coach. Like you can save so much time, so much heartache, so much wasted effort and, and just like read, get a mentor and read. Like there's so much value in, in, in books and, your op- your 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 eyes are open and you become aware to so much more that than you can possibly know um on your own or from your own experiences or from your own circle so yeah see god, god. mentor and read a lot of books no i love that god yeah. mentor read yeah. and i i don't take any of that lightly because i love what you said about the fact that like look we need to keep god first yeah and that's that's what that's really what I liked about your content when I came across your videos and stuff was just like, yeah, the success is there and stuff. I'm going to just be real. I yeah. get turned off when people are just all success. Yeah. Like it's a turn off to me. It's like, ah, uh, like, okay, I get it. You know, it's like any, but man, mm-hmm. when you, ha- when you're talking about godly success, which that's a term that's mentioned in the book of Joshua, like yep. godly success, good success, yeah. I actually yeah. think is the term. Um, it's just something different about it because it's fulfilling and it and it's purposeful. And yeah. it's it's not just about like, oh, I want to get all this money so I can show off in front of people or whatever. You know, it might be freedom. It might be opportunities, yeah. um, different things like that. So, yeah, God, mentor, read. If you don't take nothing else from the day out there, yep. God, mentor, read. Yep. All right, Josh, before I get you out of here, yeah, I just want to ask you about the real estate market today. Yeah. Um, now, like, again, people out there, this ain't financial advice or anything. I just want to talk to somebody who's in the space. Yeah. Like, give me your thoughts. Like, you know, there's obviously you have the the high rates. Yeah. Um, you have, you know, the prices, I guess, are, are starting to come down. I haven't been looking as closely uh, lately. I actually, I actually yeah. sold, um, sold my house at the top. It was like, I, I don't know, God is like, Man, it was like all God, like yeah. as a sidebar, like it was just God. When I say it was like the time, it was just like, yeah, like oh my, like man, it was like at the complete top, just like something you can't even, I don't know, you can't make certain stuff up. But yeah, what's your That's view that. on the market today, and like how to how are you moving through it? What are is your strategy or your plans changing with your Airbnb properties, or you know mm-hmm. what are you doing different, or how how are you playing just this time? Yeah. That's actually, that's a great question. And the timing is great too, because I was just having a, a conversation with, with my partner about that and um, <clears throat> my business partner. So it's, I mean, besides just the the real estate market, the economy in general is just in a really, or, or, I mean, the, the writing's on the wall. If you haven't felt it yet, you're going to feel it soon. Like there's a recession and it's coming. So what I'm doing is I'm con- being super conservative. Like I am, I'm looking for, for, for backup plans. So with my Airbnb properties, I'm looking at the potential of, um, if it slows down, can I get a long-term tenant in there? Um, possibly, uh, leveraging some of the, some of my equity. Uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's HELOCs and there's second, second mortgages that you could try to leverage some of your equity and, and what my, what my, uh, 
my brother was telling me earlier, my, my business partner was, you know, don't wait until you're in the place where you need the money to get it because it won't be available then. You know, right now, if you have an opportunity, if you know, if you think you're going to need some money and you're going to need some loans, get it now while it's available, because when it really hits the fan, it's not going to be available. So um, I'm cutting down on my expenses. Anything that's unnecessary, I'm cutting it out. I'm trying to really um, downgrade my lifestyle um, and weather the storm. That's that's all. It's all, all you know. That's all we can ask for right now in this market is let's weather the storm. You know, we'll we'll worry about getting rich and getting successful after the storm passes. <laughs> no, that's look. The reason I love that advice, man, is and this is something I learned, Josh, and I don't know how it is for you. Is like, like, look, I come from the inner city of Detroit and. Yeah. I've worked in at a Fortune 50 organization for 16 years now and kind of mm -hmm. climbed my way through the organization. And by no means am I acting like I'm at the top of a Fortune 50 organization. Trust me, I'm not. Mm -hmm. um, I've just traveled. Uh, I've just climbed the my corporate ladder from where I was and got to at least a decent place. Awesome. Um, one of the things I've learned, the reason I brought that up was because I have this opportunity to live in two worlds. Yeah. And there's a lot of value in it. And then it's a lot. Sometimes it challenges me because on, on one on one world that I'm in, there's all these successful people, way more successful than me, make yeah. way more money than me. Like I learn a lot just from being in that environment of being like one of thousands of people at a major organization that even though I might be doing OK, there's always somebody that's like, oh, this person is the you know, their title is crazy and their salary is crazy. But then, yeah. like, at the same time, I got a lot of family friends that are still from the environment where I grew up in. Yeah. And I get to hear how they think through it. And my point mm -hmm. with it is this. One thing that I've learned is that the successful people have a strategy yeah. based on the season. that, that the, Like, they're successful people yeah. are very aware of what's happening now. Yeah. And people who are have a poverty mind, right? Yeah. Like I'm talking about your thinking because you can have money and still have a poverty mind. Yep. People who have a poverty mind, they seem to lack awareness. Like I promise you there are people right now that I know, friends, family, whatever. Yep. They don't know anything about the recession. They doing the same stuff. Yeah. 2019, 2020, stimulus, no stimulus. They're doing yep. the same thing. So I don't know if you experienced that at all or if like your environment just represents kind of like one demographic or a type of people. Mm -hmm. Um but I think what you said is is really um, good advice for people out there. And my point with that long, mm -hmm. you know, drawn out explanation is for the listeners, have a plan, have a strategy and be aware. Because I'm with you, Josh, like I'm just strategically moving through and like I like preparing for. Yeah. Like right now, my plan is is a is a is a two to three year plan. Yep. It's like I'm not I'm not trying the moves I'm making now. They're not about like, you know, something yeah. tomorrow. It's like like you said, like, no, it's about to be it's a rough ride. We are in a recession or close to it, however you want to define it. So yeah. um, I mean, going back to Joseph back. Right. Yeah. He, he knew there was going to be a famine and he prepared for it. Right. Because, you know, so he, he saved up for seven, seven good years. So that way we can be prepared for the seven years of famine. So, you know, if you haven't already started preparing, start now, you know, cut down on anything that's unnecessary. That's, that's, that's what I'm doing. Like get, get rid of, <laughs> get rid of it. If you don't need it, get rid of it. I feel it. Yeah. 
Well, Josh, look, man, this was this was super dope, man. Um, I definitely enjoyed talking to you. I got to try to get you on here again, man. Um, you know, any before we get out of here, a for anybody listening, um, Josh's information is going to be in the description of the show. Um, but he's on Instagram at Josh Luca, if I'm correct, right? Correct. Um, actually, yeah. You know what? I'm gonna be fancy. I'm gonna put it on the banner real quick, just so nobody. Um, we got J O S H L O U K A, correct? That's right. There we go, right there for the people who want to uh, follow Josh on Instagram. Josh, can you just um, tell us what else you have going on or what you're doing next with your videos? Yeah. Um, and what can people expect when they follow you? Well, first, first, uh, first off, I want to say thanks, Jermaine. Thanks for having me on the show. Really enjoyed talking to you. You ask really good questions, um, and I, I love just what your whole brand is about, you know. And um, so, as far as what's coming up for me, um, I'm just getting into this space. Um, and um, one one of the things that I want to do in the future, I don't know if it's soon or or you know down the line, but it's, do something like this, like a podcast. Um, and, and when that time comes, definitely have you on there. Cause you know a lot about my story now, but I know nothing about yours. Right. That's hilarious. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I definitely want to have a podcast in the future, but in the meantime, um, I just want to, whatever God has puts on my heart, I want to put it out there and hopefully people can learn from the mistakes that I made. Um, just, you know, the ways that I, um, that I learned, I have a couple videos coming out, um, this week about mindset, um, you know, about uh, different things that I learned from uh, NLP, neuro linguistic programming, and um, some of my background from that I can share. So hopefully um, you guys enjoy that and, and find it valuable. And um, once again, thanks for having me on the show, brother. No, man, look, people, y'all follow Josh. I'm following you now, man. Definitely worth the follow on Instagram. You need um, this type of inspiration and godly um, advice on your timeline. Josh, in respect of your time and how long this interview was, I'm going to let you head out. I'm going to stay on and talk to the people and wrap up the show. But I would definitely, um, you know, hit you up on the back end of this. And thanks again uh, for joining us, man. And you have an amazing evening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You too, brother. All right. right, See Guys, people, man, that was Josh Luca. Man, that that was like, look, I really enjoy um, talking to him because when I came across him on Instagram, Again, just like, you know, I y'all look, as much as I'm like here to use my gift to inspire guys, people, the inspirer needs inspiration too, right? I need to keep my tank full. And so he was uh, someone I came across and I just loved the way he was talking. Super successful. You heard it if you listen to the beginning of the show, um, a, bil- a billion dollars in mortgage. Um, h- how is it? Uh, a billion dollars in, in mortgage funded. Um, in a couple years. So I think he said it was two years um, if you came on late. Um, so super successful gen- gentleman, still growing. Look, man, I want to I wanna kick it with y'all a little bit before I get out of here on this show. Like, there's a lot that I've been thinking about as it relates to where we ended. And that was like being aware of the time and season that you're in. And again, I'm not here to give you financial advice or anything like that. But I'm telling you, man, like, you got to know where you at. I'll give you this example. If I was going to open up a surf shop, I've said this on a podcast in the past, but you don't listen, so you never heard it. If you were going to open up a surf shop, right? And I just called you and said, like, no, let's say I'm opening up a surf shop, my bad. And I call you and I'm like, yo, is a surf shop a good idea? 
And you like, yeah, a surf shop is a great business idea. Let me let me get some water real quick. A surf shop is a great business idea. But then I tell you, I live in Alaska. It's like, yo, like something can be a good idea in, in the wrong place. You feel what I'm saying? Now, let's also talk about the importance of understanding the time that you live in. You get you get what I'm saying? Like, so it's like you got to understand the place, the time, the situation. So let me give you a little synopsis. The place and time and situation right now. Right now, the economy is like it is like ready to just explode. Like there have already been crazy things happening from the macroeconomic perspective. You see the interest rates rising. The feds have continued to do that. Uh, maybe they'll start pivoting um, here soon. I don't know. But the key word is uncertainty. And what's my point with that? Now ain't the time for you to go get the Gucci bag. Now ain't the time for you to go uh, spend all your money on, on the Balenciaga uh, sock shoes. Now is not the time. I know that Christmas is coming up. And I know how we like to do, those of us who come from poverty, we find our value in giving people gifts. Now, I'm not saying gifts can't be your, what they call it, a love language. I hate that term, but we're going to use it today. Gifts could be your love language, genuinely speaking. But I know this about broke people. You feel me, Tanya? Like, and, and thank you for everybody that was commenting. I didn't want to interrupt his interview to be, um, you know, responding to y'all, but y'all know how I do it. Like, broke people love to show how much we love you by giving you something. And then we get mad if somebody don't buy you something. And it's like, well, you know, my family, people know, like, and they probably hate me for it, but it's like, I'll send out a message in a minute. Like, yo, I'm not about to, I can't do it. I, I, I come from a big family, a large family. Like, I can't buy you and all your kids a gift and all of this and then still invest like I'm trying to invest because my plan strategically right now is in motion, baby. It's in motion. So you got to know and be aware of the time. So what am I saying? Maybe this Christmas ain't the Christmas to go all out for little man man to get them you know, the PlayStation 5 with, with his 1.7 GPA. You know, nothing against little man-mans, but, you know, we, maybe this ain't the year to get the helicopter for the prom. I'm seeing the prom pictures that I see from my people are actually embarrassing. Like, your kids are going to prom, and they look richer than you. Wait a minute. How did you get a helicopter in the backyard and we ain't even got no let me not let me not do it y'all i don't want to do it. it's been a great day my point with this is like when are we gonna be realistic josh talked about those realistic expectations when are you gonna be realistic and be like yo i'm broke right now i'm not getting you no helicopter for prom no you drive <laughs> you driving a ford Fusion the prom, and you better love it. You feel what I'm saying, Tanya? Don't get me, don't gas me up. Y'all know I get crazy, but I'm really trying to help y'all because I'm gonna tell you what I'm tired of. I'm tired of my people being ruled by poverty, and I'm talking about just the people around me, the people in my city, my family, my friends, like people that I know who are controlled and literally slaves to poverty. And, and none of us want to just be listen. Ain't, ain't we tired of it yet? You ain't tired of it yet. 
how many Christmases? Let, let's really. I'm. I didn't mean to go in on Christmas. Excuse me, I didn't mean to do it. How many Christmases have you spent all your money on your kids? Then two months later, they don't even play with, use, or nothing. What just happened? Let's get rid of the useless gifts now. Now, what am I saying? Like, I ain't saying don't buy nothing if you could. I'm saying be aware of the situation you're in and be okay with telling people no. One of the hardest things to do is tell people no because you might understand why you're saying no, but you want them to understand. And I'm going to tell you something that the Lord has been delivering me from. The Lord has been delivering me from other people's perception. You feel me? Like you might have a perception of me. And it's like, I don't like, it's not that I want you to have a negative perception. It's not that I want to come off a certain type of way, but I can't spend too much time caring though. You feel me? I can't spend all my time caring about what you think about the decision I'm making. If the decision I'm making is rooted in wisdom. And so I just want y'all to understand that when you're aware of the time and the season and the situation you're in, you might have to move differently. And guess what else I believe? I believe that there are people that won't understand me today. They won't agree with me today. They won't like me today. But in three years, they may think I'm a genius or maybe I'm just crazy, but I'm willing to go through that process. And that's what we have to be willing to do. We have to be willing to be focused and disciplined when God is leading us on the path and not allow outside factors to distract us or pull us away from it. And sometimes those outside factors are holidays and birthdays and all those things. And it's like, okay, maybe I got to skip getting you something for Christmas for three years to get you the best Christmas gift ever in 2025. You ever thought about that? Like you have to allow yourself the opportunity to get in a good position. And I'm a, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this. <laughs> Thanks, Gene. You say good for me. Miss Bridget, hey, how you doing? I love you too. Um, uh, I'm gonna tell you, like, the thing about poverty, I was thinking this week, why is poverty such a cycle? It's a cycle because nobody ever stops it. What do I mean? Let me, I want to be real specific with you. So let's say. You grew up and y'all grew up poor. Let, let's say your mother was poor. Your grandmother was poor. But then you, at let's call it 15 or 16, you drop out of school just like your grandma did or your mama did. Or you, you know, don't go, don't get a skill set just like your grandma or your mother. No disrespect to your grandma or your mother. That's not where we're going here. The point I'm making is, the reason poverty is a cycle is because we keep just redoing it like it works. Like you realize people act like poverty works. Like it don't work. Spending all your money on Christmas. I've seen people do it for at least 20 years. I've seen people spend all their money on Christmas. I've never seen it work. Ever. No, I've never seen it work. I'm going to just make a song out of everything. No, I've never, I've never seen it work. It doesn't work. But we keep 
doing it like it worked. You feel what I'm saying? And so I'm challenging you out there listening today to be a leader this holiday season and to be willing, if you need to, to hold back, to give yourself the freedom to say no, to give yourself the opportunity. You feel me, Jim? Making a song out of everything. To say no. And then to plan and strategize. So now I want to talk a little bit about that planning and strategizing and what that specifically looks like. You might say, well, usually, let's say if you have $1,000 right now, let's just go off of that. You sitting on $1,000 right now. <laughs> you say, I sound like I was in white Christmas. Well, I don't know that. Is it a black Christmas, Jen? I'm joking. Um, Never. I'm about to go watch a Hallmark movie after this because that's what I sound like. That's basically what you're saying. I sound like I'm in a Hallmark Christmas, uh, movie. If you got $1,000 right now and you're like, well, what do I do? So let's play these scenarios. Let's play out two scenarios. You got $1,000 and you spend it all this Christmas buying people gifts. Now let's say only $200 worth of the gifts was really worth it, meaning people actually used it Pay, play with the toy, wear the shirt, wear, but you're going to spend $1,000. And then you're going to find yourself in January saying, hey, I got a new year resolution and I need to save X amount of dollars. Well, it's like, well, you just wasted $1,000, right? Now, let's say you take a different approach and you say, all right, I got $1,000. I'm taking $500 right now and I'm putting that in the bank. And a lot of banks now, especially like online banks, Different banks are giving, paying a higher interest rate or you're putting it in a certificate of deposit, whatever it is. You put the $500 up and then you say for the next 12 months, I'm also saving $200 a month, no matter what, right? So now you got $2,400 plus the five. Now you got $2,900 next Christmas. That's how you change the process. Like you have to be the will willing to be the person to jump out of the, out of the loop. And say, I'm going to be the one that's not doing what y'all did. And try something new. Like, at least try it one time. Try to save money instead of spending it one time. You already know spending it don't work. You feel what I'm saying? You say, I got to watch the white Christmas now. I'm going to search it. And I'm going to be honest with you. If it looked like I judge. First of all, it's hard for me to watch a movie more than three years old. Unless it's like just an amazing movie. Like once movies don't look HD and 4K, I, I be like, I, I, man, I, these are like very much first world problems. I'm not willing to watch a movie that ain't in, in, in like 4K right now. I'm embarrassed to say it. My point, people, at the end of the day, I, I want to say this last thing about um, poverty and Christmas. It amazes me how people who've been broke all year, like, let's say this person ain't had money all year. Finds a way to have money on Christmas just to go broke again. How did it happen? How did you do? How did it happen? Did you spend it all too? How do you go from being broke to mustering up money just to go broke? But you didn't have no money when it was time to save. You didn't have no money when it was time to invest. 
You didn't have no money when it was time to do anything important. But you found a way to get money to be broke again. I don't get it, Tanya. Jen, please tag me in the clip. White Christmas. I'm going to let y'all know if I watched it or if I skip over it too. It's an amazing thing. All right, last thing and I'm out of here. I tell people all the time, growing up broke, living check to check is a superpower. Poverty isn't all bad. There's a lot of good things you can learn from poverty. Poverty. I can talk. Yes, I can. I can talk. There's a lot of good things you can learn from poverty. The, the problem with most of us is we just don't learn them. We just keep doing the same thing again and again. Poverty is a superpower because if you have found a way to survive check to check, that means you are a expert strategist. You're literally an expert strategist. You feel me, Jen? Like, you know how to, to, to budget an amount of money just to make it to the... You're forecasting. That's what forecasting is. Like, you are forecasting. Your money is the inventory. You're forecasting just enough product to last on the final day before the new shipment of products arrive. You need to be working in supply chain and logistics because you are literally an expert in forecasting that's a superpower use it to your advantage if i'm so used to being broke and living check to check then now what if i took that approach and instead of spending all my money and that's the reason that i'm broke i'm giving y'all this is right here this is bonus this is like bonus podcast i'm giving y'all something this is this is actually cold what i'm about to say instead of being broke because you spent all your money because you got this superpower that you could survive check to check and it don't hurt you, it don't kill you. Why not go broke because you invested or saved all your money? Why are we not willing to be broke because we say, like, I just, I literally just solved poverty right now. Like, I solved poverty in America. It's okay, okay, let's say, all right, so being broke, it ain't even a bad thing. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, who got me that cup? I got it myself, Jen. I actually uh, made that cup. Got it custom made and ordered it. I can't even tell you where I ordered it from. I just gave y'all like, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Being broke ain't a big deal. Okay, you used to being broke. All right, we good with that. I'm I'm broke. I'm good. But I'm broke because I take all my money and save it and invest it. That's a different type of broke. That's a temporary broke. I take all my money and save. I take the bare minimum and eat. And do whatever I got to do. I pay my bills, da da da. I get my gas, whatever. But I save, or I found, I, I study. I'm not giving you financial advice, but you research and you found some, some something to invest in, some assets to purchase during this time. Because during this time, when the economy is down like it is, the assets are cheaper by and large, and they're likely going to get more cheaper, more cheaper. That's improper English. What's my point? Be broke if you must be broke. Be broke because you're saving and investing. And that is how you break a cycle. Because then when the economy turns around and all of the assets start in increasing in price again, you now own them. The difference between the assets and the liabilities is if you purchase assets at a discounted rate, even if the assets drop in value, if you have the right assets and you've studied and researched on your own, not just listen to this guy on a podcast 
telling you to do something. Over time, the assets you purchase will increase in value. But if you spend this time in this season right now during a recession in one of the worst macroeconomic situations that we've seen in our lifetime, if that's the time that you choose to go buy the Gucci bag, to go get the Gucci shoes, to go spend all your money on liabilities, that when the economy turns around, they're not going to increase in value. Let's make this simple, people. I'm pleading with y'all. The simple version of assets and liabilities is this. It's literally a liability is something you purchase and it decreases in value, meaning the most it's ever going to be worth is the day you bought it. You get what I'm saying? The day you bought it and then it, you can never get that again, right? An asset, that's a liability. An asset is something you purchase. And from the day you buy it, it increases in value over time. So you could spend $1,000 on an asset that's only worth $600 in five years. You can spend, uh, I mean, a liability. You could spend $1,000 on a liability that decreases to $600 in five years. Conceptually, you can purchase an asset for $1,000 and look up in five years and it's worth $10,000. You could 10X your money. Right. You say you don't even have Gucci anything and I'm still. Jen <laughs> ah. say you you say you broke off JCPenney, huh? Hey, we've all been there. We have all been there before. We have all been there before. We have all been there before. <laughs> broke off JCPenney. I just gave you all a simple. um a simple thing to think about, a simple solution to this idea of how do I how do I change this process of, of poverty and having a poverty mind? And ultimately, what I'm saying is you, you got to do something different. So hopefully, y'all enjoyed today's show. Um, no, nah, Jen, no, nah, you you dollar stoke. <laughs> You're not kidding. I believe you. Actually, I actually believe you. Dollar stoke broke. Now nah, you can't. You can never say anything to make me not believe you can't afford Dollar General right now. Hopefully y'all enjoyed today's show. Please um, check out, um, visit our guest, um, follow him, Josh Luca. Um, if you just jumping in, it was an amazing interview um, from a Christian entrepreneur, real estate investor. He shares some really great nuggets and hopefully you got some value from today's show. If you like this, man, please subscribe. Uh, we on YouTube, we on Apple Podcasts, obviously Facebook, wherever you watching or listening at. Um, about 70% of the people tend to listen on Apple Podcasts. YouTube is like growing little bit by little. Uh, Facebook is, is decent as well. I appreciate it. The point is, regardless of where you're listening or watching, you listening and watching. And I thank you and appreciate you for your support. We'll actually be back in a couple days for another show. Um, I got Tanisha Johnson coming on, the book lady. Um, she threatens you about your book. You know, your, your life is horrible because your book ain't done, just like I threaten you about my podcast. So, uh, we'll be back Thursday with a show with Tanisha. We're going to have a good time. I think the time is 630 for that interview. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. God bless y'all. Hopefully y'all have a, um, uh, you know how it is during this time of season. You just start wishing people Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Thanksgiving. I, I'm going to say it to you every day. You're going to get 100 Merry Christmases and Happy New Year's from me and Happy Thanksgiving. Cook some good food, y'all. Okay. Don't, don't disrespect us. Um, making those slackeronian cheese. 
Thank you, Tanya. Listen, some of y'all, uh, let me just say this before we really get out of here. If you can't cook, okay, now's not the time. M remember we talking about being aware of the time and the season? If you can't cook, Thanksgiving ain't the time to try to prove that you can. Because I'm looking, I'm going to start calling y'all out on these pictures, okay? On Facebook in particular, Instagram. I'm going to start commenting and letting you know that's not it. Okay, you feel me, Tanya? Like the that ain't it. The 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 don't don't do that again. Okay, I don't even want to start naming stuff. Um, secondly, I don't want to see on Thanksgiving um, your food on the paper plate in a picture. Okay, throw the throw the phone away if you take a picture and and you have food on a paper plate. Okay, I actually am going to actually comment on your picture and say please throw the phone away. Listen, guys, if the picture is blurry. OK, I'm 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 definitely I'm definitely not understanding it. If the picture is blurry, which iPhone do you or don't you have? OK, um, definitely hitting people with the what's that? <laughs> yo, yo, what up, Katrina? How you doing, sister? Uh, we got to let these people know, man. Um, you'll be glad you'll be glad to retire to cooking if someone else step up. Listen, Jen, I just want to be real. I would rather y'all not eat than you go ahead and try to prove that you can cook on Thanksgiving, my sister. Um, it's just ridiculous for y'all to do that. Like, don't, if your turkey look like greens, it like <laughs> your turkey shouldn't look like greens. Trina, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to bless the people with a little advice before we get out of here. Like your turkey shouldn't look like, look like greens. And listen, people, I, I love y'all. I respect y'all. I just, if, if it's not your gift, don't use it on the day that the gift is that's like me trying to play football on the day of the Super Bowl. I ain't never played football a day in my life. <laughs> Say, hey, starve if you can't. <laughs> I'd rather you starve, man. I'd, I'd rather y'all not eat if you can't cook on Thanksgiving. I'm obviously joking, people. If you can't take a joke, you probably won't like me. But um, now y'all eat the nasty food, take the ugly pictures. I'ma like them and keep it moving. Um but if, if you are, listen, and I want, I want to say this too. When you go to the family event, don't ask out loud who made this. It's disrespectful. Y'all got to stop doing this, dog. Like, y'all be out here, like, who made this all loud? And it's like, well, let's say you like, who made the, the greens? And they like, Jermaine made it, and then you walk past the greens. It's a level of disrespect that takes place during Thanksgiving that I don't see being taking place no other time of year. OK, and I, I really also lastly, um, I need y'all to stop. OK, stop putting pumpkins in everything. OK, it's sweet potato pie. There, there, A pumpkin is something you sit outside on your porch for Thanksgiving, people. That's what a pumpkin is for. A pumpkin doesn't belong in a pie. Why would you make a pie out of the same thing that you carved the devil's evil face in and sit it on your porch? I don't even want that. I don't know what y'all, I don't know what y'all love of pumpkins really is. <laughs> Jen, how you know I ain't make no greens? Listen, you, you don't know what, you don't know, you don't know what, I, uh, you say you need to know who made them time. Listen, it's the disrespect for me. Ain't that what y'all say? Listen, man, some of these terms y'all be saying be so funny. It's the blank for me. Trina, listen, they don't just stop asking y'all. Stop asking who made it. At least whisper. 
and and I'm I'm just being real with y'all. My wife is the worst. She asks out loud. She look you in your eyes. Who made that? I'm like, Uncle Ron, man, walk past the greens. Don't eat the greens. If your greens got gravy in it, it's time to stop cooking. Matter of fact, if <laughs> that should be, I remember back in Twitter with the hashtag days, that, that would have been my hashtag. It's time to stop cooking. You know what I'm saying? If 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 your chicken wings, like you like you first of all, stop making wing dings, y'all. What is a wing ding? I I really don't get it. A wing ain't nothing but two pieces. A wing ding, you done broke my man. Imagine somebody breaking your arm and cooking the top piece of the elbow and the bottom piece of like don't eat wing wing dings. That that's not real chicken, y'all. Listen, not they, they got the gravy on the greens. Um Stop putting pumpkins and everything. I'm going in the grocery store. They got pumpkins and ice cream. They putting pumpkin spice and cupcakes. Stop doing it. Just, just stop it. Put it, put the pumpkins down, people. That is a decoration piece. That's not food. All right, it's time to go to bed. <laughs> What's up, Brittany Woods? How you feeling? Tanya sending me to bed, said go to sleep. Listen, I'm just, I just don't, I've seen pumpkin ice cream. What is that? What is that? What? Why is there a pump? I don't know whose idea was it to make pumpkins out of everything, but I literally want y'all to cancel pumpkins now. Please, please cancel it. You say you can never, I can never get with it either. Like, I don't get it. It, it literally, it, it belongs on your porch. Okay, people. Listen, I love y'all. God bless y'all. Hopefully this show brings value, value to your life, man. That's really my goal with this. Through all the jokes and everything, it's just about bringing value to people's life and growing it and together and um, sharing stories and inspiration from other people. And uh, wait a minute, Jen says, okay, guys, hold on. We got, <laughs> Jen, you are hilarious. Katrina says pumpkin is offensive and Jen says it's a vibe. This is the level of diversity. Let me, let me just take a moment to, to give a commercial for Inspire Guys people. This is a podcast where we bring people together from all walks of life. This is about diversity, true diversity, not this fake stuff you're seeing in politics today where they want to present diversity while they're also canceling and excluding people, other folks that don't agree with them. This is true diversity where me as a pumpkin hater, I can have someone listening to my show openly commenting and I'm not blocking them as they're talking about pumpkins. This is what you get from Inspire Guys People to podcast. When will you share this show? When will you tell others to listen? When will you join the movement of being united by faith in Christ Jesus? We're believers. We're Christians. I don't care that you eat a nasty pumpkin off the porch. I'm not here to judge you because you spent all of your rent and mortgage money on Christmas for your child who has a 1.7 GPA because they wanted a PlayStation. Because you want to give them the life you never had. And you never had a PlayStation, but you also never had a 1.7. This is Inspire God's People, where we love you, even if we hate you. God bless you, and thank you guys so much for uh, watching today. Uh, people eat pumpkin because they don't listen to my podcast. I think that is an amazing point. To so get out of here. Stop saying what you're going to do till you do what you said. We 
you opened that Bible, you knew what you read. You felt it deep in your soul. The promise did not expire. Be inspired. I can see beyond the tears you cry. And the pain you feel. I saw every hill you had to climb. Just to make it here. When you say you ain't a 